the Bengals have seemingly lost their stripes, and you do not want to wait for them to get them back. Who day? Day are a one in three team who has seemingly lost their way. Day are a team that hasn't eclipsed 250 passing yards yet in the game this season. Day are a team that hasn't gone over 75 rush yards in a game. And they are a team that hasn't scored over 25 points in a game in 2023. They are the Cincinnati Bengals. And boy, it's not looking good for the Boongales. I think Joe Burrow being hurt skews all of this. They obviously don't have a backup that they trust enough to let him sit down for a game with that injured calf. Looking ahead, they got a bye week in a couple weeks after a West Coast swing to Arizona and Seattle, but what the hell are we supposed to do with these guys in fantasy? I think as an overall sentiment, we're probably staying the course with these guys. Joe Burrow will get healthier and he will be able to distribute to these receivers, but it's got you questioning whether you really want to wait for that. And I think it's going to be really hard if you want to stay in contention to do so. For Burrow in general, quarterback 31 on the year quarterback 34 in points per game through four weeks drafted as a top 10 quarterback that is not going to cut it for us we were expecting great performances from the jump didn't expect this injury but it has hampered everything so far joe burr is currently outside the top 20 in yards and touchdowns and his completion percentage is under 60 percent his average depth of target is down over a full yard his deep throw percentage is down over two percent Last year, he was number three in catchable throw percentage. This year, he sits 29th through four weeks. So really, it's all bad so far for Cool Joe B. He's hurt. He's not playing well because of it. And it's really trickled down to the entire team. I hope from a quarterback perspective in Joe Burrow that you've already pivoted off him and made a contingency plan. Uh, But if you haven't yet, you need to do so now. The tough part is that we don't really know how much of it is due to that injury, but I would venture to say a lot of it. And looking at those upcoming matchups to see if he can get right, they've got Arizona this week and Seattle the following. Seattle gives up the second most passing yards and Arizona the 10th, with Arizona giving up the 14th most fantasy points via passing and Seattle giving up the 8th most. I think how I'm going to approach it is I'm probably sitting Joe Burrow for this week, even though Arizona looks like a decent matchup. You're hoping for signs of life in week five against the Cardinals, and then you can slot him back into your roster against a much more gettable Seattle defense in week six. And then he's got the bye after where you hope that he can get healthy and come back strong for the latter half of the season. I think quarterback overall is just a much more replaceable position. So we're going to talk about some of these other guys who we expected to be key performers for our fantasy rosters, and we're going to knock running back off the list first. And I think the key theme to all of this is that we are resetting expectations for these players. I've been a big Joe Mixon guy. I know that he's never been a huge efficiency guy. He's been a guy that gets by mostly on volume, mostly on lucrative volume in a potent offense. But this year, everything we need out of Joe Mixon for that front, we are not getting. He's not making big plays. He's not making defenders miss. He's not getting that lucrative work like I like to talk about. Joe Mixon's only got one carry inside the five, and he only has 13 targets through four games. And those inside the five carries and those targets that he was getting were what really propped up all of his fantasy value in years past. He's only got one touchdown so far on the year. He hasn't reached 15 PPR points in a game yet. And I think he might be hitting that cliff where he can't get by on volume 
and he's not immune to the effects of this offense playing poorly, which I thought he might have a touch of because they'd still see some red zone trips. He'd still get some of those easy check down targets, but he's not getting either of those so far. So color me concerned. Now, that being said, I am optimistic that he can turn it around, but the ceiling is going to be much different. No longer can we expect top 12 weeks every week. Now, what we have to expect is a solid back end running back too, with anything over and above that just being the cherry on top with Joe Mixon. Like I said, the Cardinals this week are a solid matchup. Third most rushing fantasy points given up and the second most to receivers out of the backfield. So that would seem to be conducive to a Joe Mixon game. And I'm going to ride that this week and see if he can put it up to see if I still want him to be a part of my fantasy team. But if he does have a big week, throw feelers out where you can to see if anybody would acquire him. Maybe get one of these younger running backs who's producing better than he is. Sell that name value of Joe Mixon with somebody thinking they're going to get an elite running back because you're not going to get an elite running back going forward. And all those bumps and bruises that I'm talking about extend to the wide receivers too. Again, a product of the offense playing poorly and Joe Burrow's injury. And let's start at the top of the totem pole with Jamar Chase. Drafted in the top five of fantasy drafts and he has not paid off on that so far. He's wide receiver 21 on the season wide receiver 25 in points per game. But I think that's propped up a little bit with the PPR scoring format because even in half PPR, he drops to wide receiver 28 and wide receiver 32 on a points per game basis, which is not good enough for an all-world talent like Jamar Chase. He's got no touchdowns. He's got only five red zone targets. And Jamar Chase has only three deep targets through four games. That's a problem. And then we move over to T. Higgins. And for T. Higgins, I think the problem might be a little bit bigger than Jamar Chase. I think Jamar Chase gets right when Joe Burrow comes back healthy. I don't know if that's necessarily the case for T. Currently right now with an injured Burrow, he's the wide receiver 57, wide receiver 59 on a points per game basis. With that injury, Higgins' catchable target rate is down to 64.5% in 2023 after being over 88% last season. Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd this season have catchable target rates over 80%. And even Irv Smith has a catchable target rate over 87%, where Tease is under 65%. So the quality of targets that he's getting from Joe Burrow are not very good. He only has five deep targets so far. He does have six end zone targets, which has been most of his fantasy production because he has two touchdowns on those. Ironically, the only two touchdowns by a Bengals receiver so far this season But I think that might be the only positive for T so far. He has easily been the most impacted by the offensive woes. And not only that, I think we're seeing Chase and Higgins severely eat into each other's lucrative work more so than we thought coming into the season. If you remember coming into the season, T Higgins was one of those guys that we thought might be able to be a top 12 receiver alongside that top three guy that he has in Jamar Chase. But I looked into it a little bit and I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I'm not sure it ever was the case for this Bengals offense. T. Higgins was always going to get the targets. They were always going to be there. He had 102 last year. He's got over 30 this year already. He's up there as far as target volume goes. It's just not the targets that'll allow him to be a fringe top 12 wide receiver like we expected. Let's track it back to 2022. Jamar Chase, he was top five in end zone targets. That's great. He had 16 last year, but T. Higgins only had seven. And then if you look at deep targets. They were both outside the top 25 with T Higgins having only 18 and Jamar Chase seeing only 16 throughout the entire year. So as you can see, it's going to be one or the other as far as end zone target volume. And they both eat into each other's deep target volume. So I think the cap on the wide receiver is apparent and Jamar Chase is going to cap T Higgins as long as these guys are running alongside each other. I think the difference with Jamar Chase is 
And part of his added upside is the yards after the catch. He's top 10 right now in that category. T. Higgins sits 63rd among wide receivers and tight ends with 18 tight ends having more yards after the catch than does T. Higgins. I know that's not necessarily been a big part of his game, getting yards after the catch, but damn, it's not been good. Usually he'll get more than that on some of those wide open targets where he runs it into the end zone, not seeing that. And now he has that rib fracture that could be another factor in his continued lack of production. Looks like he's going to play in week five or he's going to give it a whirl and see how he manages that pain. But I think for him as one of those catch radius receivers goes up and gets the ball, having an injured rib is not a good sign. That actually brings me to Tyler Boyd, who is one of my favorite waiver pickups this week, starting to look a little bit more intriguing for fantasy football with the lack of production from T. Higgins. Uh, That rib injury, if it does keep him out, Tyler Boyd is instantly startable as a wide receiver three for fantasy football. His route participation has been decently higher than T. Higgins's, believe it or not, and 90% of those routes do come from the slot for Tyler Boyd. So his role is locked in in this offense with Jamar Chase and T Higgins eating into each other. Now, obviously, you know, his plate hasn't been super full with that defined role that he does have, but we know he's going to be on the field. We know that he's going to be in the slot. They run a ton of 11 personnel. And so if any more opportunity comes, I think you're paying kind of appetizer prices for Tyler Boyd, but I think he could end up being a main course towards the end of the season if a couple of dominoes fall correctly for him. So I really think Tyler Boyd should be picked up off of waivers if he's not already. But man, these guys just aren't the elite options that we thought they were going to be when we come into the season. And I think we need to reset expectations now to give ourselves more runway to insulate these rosters. If that means going all in to try and get that alpha wide receiver, then put those chips on the table. If you need to find a top 12 running back that Joe Mixon isn't, do it. Like I said, Joe Mixon has a good week this week against Arizona. He is a part of the package for you to upgrade that running back spot. Whatever you do, just shift those expectations for the Bengals offense now. The longer you wait it out while they're not producing, the less it's going to matter for your fantasy team down the stretch when you're out of playoff contention and Jamar Chase is just then putting up 30-point weeks for you. This Bengals offense, we it's not a when as to whether they find their rhythm. It's an if they find their rhythm. And until we've seen them find their rhythm, I am resetting those expectations. This offense doesn't have any elite performers right now, and we need to come to terms with that so we can better our teams for the stretch run.